Hi, my name is Camille Claire, MD, MPH, talking to you tonight about my experiences as an OBGYN in New York City. I'm talking with Dr. Miriam Toaf, one of the OBGYN residents that I work with, who's going to be discussing my life experiences. And thank you so much to the World University Service of Canada for this invitation to participate in this podcast. So welcome, everybody. So Dr. Claire, tell us a little bit more about yourself, both professionally and personally. So I am the firstborn child of immigrants from Jamaica, West Indies, who came to this country when they were young so they could give us better opportunities for education and in our lives. My mother worked in a microbiology lab in the Bronx for many years, and every summer when I was in college, I worked in her lab as well. And that was my first exposure to um, the hospital and to medicine. Um, in many ways, she worked with many doctors, and so that was my very first experiences. I loved it because from the age of 15, that was my first desire or expressed desire to want to be a physician and to want to be a doctor. Um, and ultimately, I ended up going to Albert Einstein College of Medicine in the Bronx, which is the place where my mother worked um, with an institution that was affiliated with my medical school. So I think I really came full circle um, in my early experiences. So a lot of the, the difficult choices that I had when, when it came to deciding what college that I ultimately went to had to do with the fact that I was the oldest of three girls, um, of economics. My parents were middle class people, and so I may not have gone to the college that I really desired to go to, but it really gave me a good foundation and a good experience, experience to really meet my future peers, those who are interested in medicine like myself. Many of my friends who I met um, along the way in college, um, we all helped each other in the path to medicine. We were in a pre-med uh, society together where we learned about the process of going to medical school. And so it ultimately really was the best um, choice for me in terms of college. Um, after college, I went directly to medical school, as I mentioned before. And after medical school, I got my uh, training in obstetrics and gynecology in Buffalo, New York, which is actually not far from the location where your school is located in Ontario, Canada. So this have, has even more meeting to participate in this podcast. Um, and in that experience, again, I met some future colleagues that I've really been in touch with and really were my future peer mentors and my mentors throughout my whole career. So I think that really all those experiences shaped um, the physician and the obstetrician and gynecologist that I am today. What does Black Lives Matter mean to you? So I think Black Lives Matter in general is a movement that really tries to focus on having basic human rights, um, especially among Black people, specifically the right to life. And I think for me, um, in all of my life, this is the first time that it's really come to bear in my own personal experiences um, and supporting this movement where Black people don't feel safe just in their day-to-day -day lives is really what it has come to mean um, to me. So I think that's really um, what I think about when I think about Black Lives Matter and the movement in which it's um, come to mean. In the recent times, how, what has your experience been within the Black Lives Matter movement? 
So I think um, I've really, my life has really been shaped by um, my experiences, not only as a physician, a black woman physician, um, uh, as an activist and an advocate for many of the issues that are important to me is something that um, Black Lives Matter has been applicable to my own personal experiences. I really think about um, what it means to be a black woman and my blackness every single day. So even before um, there was an official movement that was called the Black Lives Matter movement, I think I've always been interested in the care of the underserved. I went to medical school in the Bronx, which was my own personal community because um, I wanted to serve those who are underserved. Um, I also have always been interested in continuing to do that even beyond medical school and beyond residency. So I think when I think about the Black Lives Matter movement and really what it means for my own career growth and career trajectory and what it means to be a black female physician, um, that is really, really important. There are very few black women that are physicians. Uh, only 2% of all the physicians in the United States. So I think just um, in my current role, I serve as a role model to many, many people, um, students, younger people, um, my peers, um, seasoned physicians. So I think that's been really important to me. Um, and so I think that having an interest in um, inequities and addressing disparities is really what this movement means uh, for me as a physician. Um, it also means what kind of activism and, and advocacy I should do as a physician um, as it applies to my patients, as it applies to other issues that affect more than just their health. So criminal justice, reproductive justice, social justice, all of those facets of black people that make them who they are. That's really sort of what I think about when I think about um, black lives uh, and and my my life as a physician. So I think that's that's really been important to me before it was even called um, such a thing. So how has your racialized experience affected your education and your work opportunities? So when I think about my own personal experiences, even as a medical student, I was one of 10 that was underrepresented in medicine in, a, in my medical school class out of 176. So I feel like that experience really shaped um, what I thought about in medicine, um, that of my peers, how we were treated. I remember an example when I think about when I came into the medical school class, one of the first classes I attended, I saw one of um, the students, my my fellow classmates who had gone to the same college that I went to. And she was so surprised to see me in the class. I think she didn't know or didn't think that I would get into medical school. So I think that really was one of the first introductions for myself as what it means to be underrepresented in medicine. Now, at that time, it wasn't called that. That wasn't what the term was called, but I think those early experiences really impacted that. Um, being on the wards and 
being among a team of uh, physicians who, even though I wore a white coat, I had a stethoscope, um, I might have been called the nurse or someone who was going to empty the garbage. And so that was a constant experience uh, for me. Now it's called microaggressions, but at that time there was not, not such a term. So I think those those experiences, even as a, not only as a student, but as a resident, even beyond my training, is something that I think about um, all the time and maybe others that don't have that racialized experience think about. So I think, um, one, it kind of shapes how I take care of my patients um, every day. It shapes how I interact with my peers, um, with my residents, with the other physicians that I work with. And so um, I don't take that away. I mean, I think that's made me who I am um, as a physician, especially in an underserved community that I serve in Spanish Harlem. So I don't regret that, but I think it's, it's, it's a unique experience that many of my other colleagues who are black physicians um, have faced as well. What about your work opportunities? So I think, again, you know, I'm on faculty at a medical school. There's only 4% of black physicians that are faculty in medical school. So I think there is a huge amount of responsibility to doing that. Um, we have a huge, almost a burden in many ways to pay it forward for, for students, um, for mentors, for mentees that we interact with. So, you know, that's that's really really impactful. I've, I chose to, to teach. And so that experience of teaching others what I love to do, um, especially as a black physician, when there's so few of us, uh, means something to me and hopefully for the students and the residents that, that I've trained. So I think, um, so that's very been, been very impactful for my, for my life and my career um, as well. How have you been moving forward within all of this Black Lives Matter movements and controversies? So I think um, as physicians, we're not removed from the society at large and the communities, communities that we serve. So, so we saw the, the unfortunate murder of Mr. George Floyd and many, many others in the media. We recognize um, the police use of force and pr police brutality is a public health issue. We work in medicine, and for me, I also work in public health. So, so that impacts um, what I do. Um, in addition, because I train students and residents, um, students have shared their own personal experiences of how these racialized incidences and observing them has affected who they are as students, how I interact with them as, a, as their teacher. So I've also been um, having to address that. I'm also a diversity and inclusion dean at a medical school. And so things that we've been doing to address some of these issues include um, what is the curriculum saying? How can we develop an anti-racism curriculum um, so that students and future students and faculty members and staff can really learn what these experiences are like, as well as changing the unfortunate history that we ha have had um, in academic medicine and um, in healthcare systems. 
So that's been one of the things that we've been doing. Also, how can we impact um, the admissions process and the number of students that are admitted to medical school has been very, very important. And so I think that's been really impactful in that way. Um, students have also held um, academic medical centers and healthcare systems accountable for the training that we've done um, for them. Residents have done the same in several of the programs throughout the country. So we are a part of that healthcare system. And so I think that has really influenced our day-to-day interactions um, with our patients, with the students that we train, and the residents that we train. And lastly, from a, a large and broad perspective, what is the change you want to see in the world in the future? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, a big question. I think I would definitely love to see many more students that are admitted to medical school. I would love to see many more physicians of color who are who are training and being taken care taking care of patients. We have a huge responsibility already because there are just so few of us. Um, for black males in medicine in particular, um, it's a crisis um, of the number of future physicians that are currently being trained. And so I would love to see many, many more people um, so that um, that burden can potentially be lifted off of all, all of us. But you know, a, a classic expression that I believe in is that to, watch, to whom much is given, much is required. And so we are required to give back in many ways and, and pay it forward in many, many ways. So I think, um, you know, I think, you know, I really appreciate this opportunity to share some of my thoughts on these issues because um, it really affects me um, for my career and my whole life. So thank you again so much to uh, the World University Service of Canada um, and to Dr. Toa for um, helping me talk about these issues. Thanks. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining our podcast. I want to thank Dr. Camille for discussing her stance on the Black Lives Matter movement. Really appreciated everything she had to say. I am Safa Malik, the president of World University Services of Canada. Um, known as WUS, at Ontario Tech University. I'm going to go into the depth of how WUS supports the Black Lives Matter movement, starting with a little background on WUS. So WUS is a Canadian nonprofit organization working to create a better world specifically for youth and women. WUS has fostered youth-centered solutions for improved education, economic, and empowerment opportunities to overcome inequality and exclusion in over 15 countries around the world. The work WUS does includes improving young people's access to quality training and employment-related services while supporting more inclusive economies. The organization engages young people to contribute towards a more inclusive, equitable, and sustainable world. WUS is an official sponsorship agreement holder with the Government of Canada. As a result, we mobilize individuals, schools, 
and businesses to resettle refugees through education and employment pathways so they can build a brighter future. The stance that World University Services has on Black Lives Matter movement is that WUSS supports the Black Lives Matter movement through their policies, which include ensuring equity and equality for all races. Although WUSS does not do the humanitarian work specifically, the movement is supported and encouraged by all WUSS officials. WUSS realizes that a vital part of their own vision is a better world for all young people. The unjust discrimination and dehumanization of a group based on a race should not be a barrier in accessing what is necessary in order to secure a good quality of life. So WUSS realizes that, unfortunately, racism continues to be a barrier for Black youth and refugees in accessing education and economic opportunities. WUSS supports the Black Lives Matter movement by standing in solidarity with it, and WUSS has various initiatives relating to facilitating education and economic opportunities and empowerment to Black youth, women, and refugees in nations all around the world. A few countries among the 25 countries WUSS is currently operating in includes Ethiopia and Tanzania. WUSS also has local initiatives that support Black youth refugees in accessing education, such as the Student Refugee Program. That actually runs here on the campus of Ontario Tech University, as well as every other university in Canada. On our campus, we create a welcoming community that addresses the disparities among Black youth, play an active role in ensuring they feel welcomed, safe, and have autonomy of their decisions. So to wrap up this conversation, I want to say thank you for listening. And once again, thank you, Dr. Camille, for talking with us. We really appreciate everything you had to say. And remember, this is just one more step in educating yourself a little bit more about the Black Lives Matter movement. There is so much more you can do, like sign petitions and support Black-owned businesses. Uh, feel free to follow us on our social media. Our Instagram account is wusc.otu. We are going to be releasing a new podcast for every first of the month, so stay tuned.